Welcome to Chasing Hermes, the pursuit of Mercury, with your hosts, Sean and Jason. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the laboratory of Chasing Hermes. I'm your host, Sean. And I am your host, Jason. For those just joining us in this episode, we recommend that you go back and listen to episode 9, where we began our alchemical experiments on the herb echinacea, where we're trying to prepare the elixir in the way of the old alchemists, and as we do so, hopefully uncovering many spiritual awakenings along the way. So, where did we leave off last time, Jason? Well, since last time I've been working uh, with the separation stage and the filtration stage, the herb that we prepared last time is now well filtered, and uh, we've got some gunky stuff, and we've got uh, some really clean, pure waters here in which the salt of our echinacea plant is dissolved. So uh, I've been repeating this step for, I think, about seven times. Seven times sounds good, right? Excellent, yeah. So you've been recalcining these, putting fire to them, and then you took the ashes of that fire, you ground them up, and you you re-dissolved them in more water, and then you filtered again, and you did that seven times? Yeah. Wow, excellent. Okay, so now, if you, you see here... It's pretty obvious that this water is no longer gray or murky very much at all. It just has a saline color, you know, sort of light opaque, like normal salt water, right? Right, yep. So by now you can see that the salts of the plant have been well digested into the waters that we've used as what's known as the menstruum here to dissolve it within. And what we're going to do in this next stage, which is called the stage of conjunction, is come to understand how we have unified the solar aspect, which was the product of calcination, with the lunar aspect, which are these waters here. So... In this process, what goes on is we're going to evaporate off the water slowly from the solution here. And what will remain is a crystallized version of our salts. They'll they'll form little salt crystals. So if you want to set up the heat here, and we'll start heating these. And how's that sound? Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. I'll turn on the heat here and uh, just watch it slowly bubble, yeah? Sure, sure. Okay. So while this is evaporating here, why don't we come back a little bit to what these alchemical stages actually mean? Because the premise that we're following here in this episode is that the alchemical processes that we allow our substance to undergo are analogous to, let's say, psychological or spiritual processes that we as alchemists undergo in our own lives. And so that which is within is also that which is without. So in this stage, the fourth stage of conjunction, we're dealing with a recombination of elements. Is that correct? That is correct. So this would be the first of the coagulation stages of the solve et coagula. So up until this point, we've, we've only been dissolving. Exactly. Everything has just been a separation. Okay, so in the calcination stage, we broke down the physical structure of the herb. And in the dissolution stage, we dissolve those herbs in water. Right, further separating out the subtle from the gross nature of those salts. Exactly. And then finally, we separated the coarse salt from the finer salts. Right, and then we were able to separate out the water-soluble salts from those more gross, less subtle salts that would not dissolve in our waters. 
Now, in this stage of conjunction, what we find is a further marrying of our feminine and our masculine nature, right? Our solar and our lunar natures. If you recall when we discussed the stages of dissolution and calcination, that active part of our mind or that that super rational masculine aspect allowed us to achieve a a type of self-reflection or what we called metacognition, right? The ability to actively have thoughts about our thoughts or thoughts or emotions about our emotions. And in our, our feminine or lunar watery nature, this is more the subconscious, right? The area of dreams. This is the part of ourself that is good at establishing the patterns in our life as well as uncovering uh, the hidden connections between the things that we've been analyzing. This is the intuitive part of ourselves and also the storehouse for many experiences, uh, memories, both good and bad, that sometimes come to the surface when those waters begin to flow. So in the stage of conjunction, what's going on is we are marrying these two into one, right? We are unifying what's called the king and the queen. We're unifying the solar nature of ourself with the lunar nature or the masculine with the feminine so that we can achieve a balanced state of being, a balanced state of self-awareness that allows us to tap into either our active self or our passive self at will based on whatever is most beneficial at the time, no longer being a slave to one over the other. So this is the alchemical wedding. Exactly. And it's also known as the lesser stone, right? right? So this conjunction, when we have united the masculine and the feminine through the alchemical wedding, we will achieve what's known as the lesser stone, or it's the first stone on the way to the greater philosopher's stone. So am I understanding this correctly, that the stone in alchemy is the recombination of the original elements after they have been purified separately? Precisely. Once they've been separated and purified to their highest divine principles, and in this case, you know, forming a new alchemical child that begins here with the alchemical wedding. And in the soul, would you say the goal of this stone is to achieve the ultimate unity with your own self and with those parts of you that are divine? Sure. Uh, Especially remember back in the Salve stages, right, while we're separating out all of those drossy, unessential aspects of our nature, right? Remember in the earlier stages, we described how there are many parts of what we normally think of as ourselves that we identify with that really aren't part of our eternal, essential nature. So what we arrive at at this first conjunction is this great sense of awareness of our true self, at least for the very first time. And then the later stages that we'll get into here soon serve to further purify this nature and raise it to its highest divine essence. Sean, I don't think this is going to work um, because the water just isn't evaporating fast enough. I don't, do you want to take a break or what do you want to do? Well, uh, we do want to evaporate it slowly. So, uh, in the style of Martha Stewart, I have prepared one already. So, we'll just bring this one out. You hid this under the table all this time. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Why did I go through all that trouble? Oh, I know. I like to be prepared. Okay. Good. good. All right. Fine. We'll use your substance then. 
So if you look now, you can see that those particles of plant ash or salts that were dissolved in the water have now formed these beautiful crystalline structures. And this is what happens when the formative forces of water lend themselves and conjoin to the particles of the salt. So as the water slowly evaporates, it allows for this conjunction to take place. And now the product of that are these crystalline salts that we see before us. You know, two things strike me with the dish that you've just shown me here. The first is that you see these kind of structures in the salt mm -hmm. um, that are quite interesting. And the second is just how little salt remains from all that plant matter that we put into the process to begin with. Yeah, and think of that in terms of what this would mean for our own spiritual alchemy. I mean, if, if through this physical process you see so little true essence that remains from our herb after these stages of separation, what does that mean about how much of ourselves is truly essential from what we normally think of day to day? I know what you're saying, but couldn't you also say that in nature, you need all that other extra material in order to give the essence structure, in order to ground it, in order to give it form. Yes, and I would say the same could surely be said for ourselves and our soul. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, as you see here, this is our first alchemical essence that we have derived here. This is the alchemical salt. And as some of our listeners may know, there are three of the ancient alchemical essences, salt, sulfur, and mercury. And salt then is what provides the body for the philosophical child, for all the things that are around us. Sulfur is understood as being the soul of the substance or its consciousness or its individuating principle whereas the mercury would be its spirit or animating life force. And soon we will be able to uncover the soul and spirit or the mercury and sulfur of our echinacea plant here. So the mercury is the universal principle that would, for example, be the same in all plants of a certain species, whereas the sulfur is the sort of soul of that one plant, of that one individual plant, Precisely. And the salt is the physical being of that plant, uh, the physical structure of that plant, including all its fibrous material and the dirt and uh, the petals and, and all those things that make up the actual plant. Sure. And in order to truly house its sulfury essence, we need the essence of salt. It's that formative structure, that body, which houses the soul of the plant. And in the plant kingdom, the sulfur is understood as being its essential oils, right? right. Mainly because it's the perfume or the scent or the taste that gives a plant or a flower its individuating characteristics. So the sulfur is lodged within the salt, just like the essential oils are lodged within the veins of the plant. And you need to break the salt, you need to break the physical plant in order to, to release those oils. Yeah, and it's important to understand that by itself, sulfur cannot combine with salt. So there's no way of housing the essence or the soul of the plant within its body or salt without that universal solvent of mercury or its animating life force. See, the mercury or the spirit of the plant is what actually enables the sulfur to blend 
with the salt. So you see, sulfur does not combine with salt, but both the salt and the sulfur dissolve in the mercury. One way to understand this is if you were to try to mix oil and water, right? They, they don't mix, do they? No. But if you add a little alcohol, you can easily get the oil to mix with the water. Ah, and alcohol then would be an external mercury in this case, correct? Exactly. Right. So in the Emerald Tablet of Hermes, the stage of conjunction relates to the line, the earth is its nurse. Because see, this product here of the alchemical wedding, this unification of the solar and the lunar principles, is now going to be that which nurtures the gestating unborn new self, or this new alchemical child that we will be creating through the last stage of coagulation. Very interesting. So... So the first three stages were all referring to the elements of fire for calcination, uh-huh. water for dissolution, yep. and air for separation. Correct. And just like we saw in the episode on the four elements, those three first elements combine and come into a conjunction in the element of earth. Correct. And earth is the element of the conjunction stage. So it's like it all makes sense. It all makes sense. So it all, <laughs> it it all comes together, together <laughs> in the stage of conjunction. Uh, well, it's it's <laughs> so fitting. Now that we have obtained our alchemical salt, in order to create our elixir, our echinacea elixir, we are going to have to derive the two other alchemical essences from this plant, right? Yeah. We have the salt, but we need the sulfur and the mercury. Right. So in order to obtain mercury, which in the plant kingdom is attributed to its alcohol, right? It's said that through the next process of fermentation, that when the substance decays and putrefies and combines with other life-giving forces, it then gives off a new spirit, or it's mercury, or in our case, it's alcohol. So... Here in the stage of fermentation, I hope that uh, you've been setting this up now for some time. And, and, and do we have something in the background? Oh, you mean this jar of uh, gunk that's been rotting away in my cupboard here? You're probably wondering why I told you to put a bunch of echinacea in that big jar and cover it with water and uh, sprinkle a little yeast in there. It didn't make sense to me at all, but uh, <laughs> I'm hoping that all those uh, veils will be lifted for me now. Well, tell me this. So what did you first notice going on here with this fermentation process? Well, it kind of started looking like a compost in the sense that everything was just (laughs) wet and dark and brown. And, you know, when I did lift the lid, uh, it was really smelling. I hope I didn't let let out the spirit when I lifted the lid, right? That's, That's okay, right? Oh, oh, sure. You know, I I hope that was okay. We'll find out here uh, when we try to cure cancer with this thing. Okay. The phase of fermentation is actually a two-phase process. Oh, really? The first stage, yeah, the first stage is actually one of putrefaction, right? And that's this death phase. Just as our plant here had to go through that composting process, so too, once we have properly conjoined our masculine and feminine nature or our lunar and solar aspects, that awakening of the self actually creates a hyper-awareness of all the parts of ourself 
that we were wrong about, right? All the parts of ourselves that now we know beyond a shadow of a doubt are not part of our eternal nature. And you can imagine what sort of identity crisis this may cause. I bet you can almost feel the maggots eating away and all the bacteria just bloating yourself up with its <laughs> yeah, nasty Yeah, very gunk. graphic description, yeah. but uh, it, it can feel like that, right? This death process that is undergone through putrefaction is one of having to let go again, even in a deeper sense than in calcination, of all these aspects of ourself that we know are not a part of our true essence. So in a sense, in the putrefaction stage, we must die to ourselves to find ourselves. Yes, exactly. But then what did you notice? Well, then after everything had turned into sort of uniform wet mass, it started to really bubble and spurt. <laughs> right. It's as though it's become alive again, right? Right. It's sort of a second life almost, a new life that rises out of the death of the old life. Exactly. So once we have accepted this death process and we have sufficiently allowed ourselves to die to that new awareness and this new alchemical wedding of conjunction, what happens in this stage of fermentation is out of the death of this alchemical child, out of the death arises a new spirit, a new animating principle that gives way to a whole new sense of self that is a further purification of what was conjoined in the earlier stage. You know, one thing that I also noticed is that on the surface of this putrefying matter, there formed a kind of rainbow-colored-like um, oily layer, kind of like an oil spill kind of thing. Is that is that normal? Oh, yeah, many people call that the peacock's tail. It's all this colorful assortment that is expelled from the dying and the decaying substance. And this marks a new life that is emerging. Oh, okay, so I guess I was lucky then, huh? <laughs> yeah, way to go. It's like you're a master alchemist now. Well, I learned from the best. <laughs> oh. Now, the problem here is that even though we have given new life to this substance, we still have this mess to clean up, right? You, you've got all this, this sludge, and we know that there is new spirit that has evolved. But we need to move on in order to further purify this even more so that it can be ready to form the final product of our alchemical elixir. And I guess we need to be careful not to throw the baby out with the proverbial bathwater, correct? <laughs> right, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Okay, so that makes sense, because in the Emerald Tablet, we learn about this stage that we need to separate the earth from the fire the subtle from the gross, gently and with great ingenuity. Exactly. Within the earth, if processed correctly, we can derive our alchemical fire or its spirit. Now in the penultimate stage of distillation, what we are going to do is further refine the spirit out of this gunk as well as derive our sulfur. Okay, so what we need to do here is set up what's known as our distillation chain. All right, see all this glassware here? Yeah, that's the part that I didn't have in my kitchen. <laughs> right, well, and so what I did is I bought all this stuff on eBay, and 
since I live in the U.S. and we're ultimately paranoid, I'm probably on the FBI watch list right now. That stuff uh, is not entirely legal in all states, is it? <laughs> it is in my state. So okay, well, I'll good. Have you know. yeah, I'm happy. Right, yeah. So all this glassware looks kind of fancy, but in essence, all we have here is this initial flask, which we're going to dump this gunky substance in here. All now. right, Use okay. The, Use the there funnel she goes. here. Yeah. All right. Okay. Gross. Now we're going to put this on this stove here, and we're going to hook up this distillation train, which basically, right. it's just a fancy term for a big pipe that comes out of this flask and runs down this column here, all right? Uh -huh. And that column is going to go into our receiving vessel right here. All right. The vapor rises from the substance... Uh -huh. because of the heat underneath and it goes up into this kind of funnel structure and then yeah. it kind of makes a bend out where the vapor sort of goes into a cooler area. Right, it's going to cool down here. Uh -huh. And as it cools down, the vapor condenses into a liquid. Right, little droplets, yeah. exactly. So this is the laboratory equivalent of uh, rain and evaporation. Uh. Right, and so what we're going to do here is turn on the heat now that we have this hooked up. and Okay. You're using electrical heat here. So I hope that's... That's okay. That's, That'll be okay. That's, that's kosher. Sure, that, that's kosher. Right. I'm, Do you use coffee grinders when you uh, macerate? <laughs> of this I can say no more. Okay. <laughs> They're specially consecrated coffee grinders. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now... What we are trying to do here is, again, this concept of separating the subtle from the gross. Okay. We're volatizing the fixed, all right? Because right now, the spirit that was given off during the fermentation stage is fixed down here in the sludge in its liquid form, right? The alcohol that was given off is now down here in our flask. So what we need to do is take advantage of a property of the subtle nature of alcohol or the subtle nature of mercury whereby the temperature that this alcohol will vaporize at is a lower temperature than that of water or any other of the drossy substance down here what that means is is that as we slowly turn up our heat here turn turn up a little slower okay All how right. about that okay that's good okay as we turn up this heat slowly, we're going to reach that temperature that the subtle mercury will fly off at prior to that temperature where water or any of the other gunk will fly off. So that means we can separate through this process of distillation the alcohol from the water and the spirit from all the other gunk. Okay. And fortunately, when that cools off here, um, and, and this may take a while with yours, but as you can see, I have brought with me the end product here. Ah, uh, preparation. You know, can't beat it. The clear liquors of echinacea. Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> what do you think? I, it looks great. It's... Compare that to that murky substance that, that we're starting with. That's ah, incredible. I mean... It, you can really see that what you've got there is a lot purer than, than what we have in, in the little flask here. You know, once we have allowed the process of fermentation to give us a new life, a new spirit, 
we really do need to work to further purify that spirit, to further integrate it into ourself, and to further separate it and ourselves from our drossy, unessential nature. And, and it is this process of distillation where we are further spiritualizing ourselves. We're furthering the divine meaning of our lives and the divine awareness of ourselves that we can now see in the clear waters of distillation huh. or clear alcohol in this sense. You know, I'm always struck by the sort of dichotomy between a spiritual concept and its physical counterpart yeah. when the ideal meets the real. So yeah. what you're talking about in terms of perfecting our souls is an ideal, but right. it is perfectly represented here in the alcohol that you have in your little bottle. In your little vial there. Right, and, and that really is what draws so many alchemists to this practical laboratory method of alchemy, whether it's alchemy on plants or minerals or metals. In each case, the alchemists report undergoing self-transformation and a deepening of, of the understanding of his own spiritual transformation. And I believe that that is exactly why we can't throw out the practice of alchemy just because some people believe it has been superseded with more modern types of chemistry and science. And also, this is what separates, in my mind, alchemy and alchemical philosophy from later derivations such as Jungian psychology. Right. Because here, we are presupposing a divine counterpart of our nature, which you won't necessarily find in psychology. Right, we're going beyond the we're mind. We're going beyond the mind. We're going beyond the confines of our normal everyday consciousness. Yeah, and this perfectly is represented in the stage of distillation. Because just as you can see this clear alcohol that was derived from that sludge over there, uh, it's within this deepening of our understanding of our divine nature that we come to identify ourselves with the eternal. You see, up until this point, there's just so much within our nature that we identify with the mortality of the body, right? We identify with the death and the dying process. Whereas once we have undergone sufficiently the stages of distillation, we have rectified our spirit to such a degree that now we begin to identify ourselves with the greater self of the divine. So this is as above, so below, as below, so above, at an even greater degree. Yes. And as we have pointed out before, all for the purpose of the miracle of the one thing. And here we are experiencing this miracle within ourselves. Of that one thing. Of that one thing, as we are undergoing the process of distillation within our own selves. Right, yeah, and, and unifying ourselves to the one that we talk about in the Emerald Tablet of Hermes. Hmm. So in this distillation stage, when it says that it rises from earth to heaven and descends again to earth, thereby combining within itself the power of both the above and the below. See, just as the spirit was elevated out of the dying matter of putrefaction through distillation, and it combined with the heaven, it combined with the one, and then here condenses to form in our receiving vessel over here, this clear, purified liquor, that itself is the power of both the above and the below. Oh, very, very profound. Within our midst, the alchemical salt 
and the alchemical mercury of our echinacea. So see the mercury, this alcohol, it's going to provide the base for our elixir, where we will later conjoin it with the salt. But we have yet one more of the alchemical essences to derive from our echinacea, and that is its sulfur. Huh. And what is that again? It's the oily substance of, of the plant, um, or that which makes that plant or substance an individual. Yeah, so what we need to do is we need to extract out of some more echinacea the essential oils. So we do this again through this stage of distillation. This time we're going to use what's called steam distillation to steam distill the essential oils out of our plant. So if you look over here, okay, yep, I have that set up. We have already... So hang on, we've created the salt and we've created... The mercury, or uh, the alcohol in this case, and now we're going to extract the sulfur as a, as a last step? Well, not the final step, but as the last essence oh. that we need to extract. What did you just drop? Uh, nothing. Oh. Okay, so are we going to use a, uh, a new type of apparatus for this? Well, this is still the stage of distillation, so all we need to do here is change out this distillation flask here where we've got all this gunk okay and we're gonna put in a new one where we've got some fresh herb and put okay put a little water in with the herb okay, yeah, there. I, got, I got some water here all yeah, right pour that so, in just just so it covers yeah we're gonna create another soup yep and just for our so that our listeners know we are using fresh echinacea herb all right this these are not the dry ones that we had last time no yeah we're using the fresh because there's already some, some moisture in there, and it, it'll allow us to derive more of the oils. So now we're just going to turn on this heat. and The heat's already on. This is one of many steam distillations, but what you'll see is once we get this heated sufficiently, the water will begin to boil and evaporate off. It will rise and again condense through our condenser down into the receiving flask. Now, what do you know about oil and water? They don't mix. They well. don't mix. Right. So how can we get the oil to rise with the vapor? Well, that is the cool thing, is that the oil will automatically be extracted from the vapor mist as it flies through the herb. Little tiny droplets of the essential oil will catch on to the water droplets or vapor, and it will vaporize, fly up, and then will condense and both of them will collect down here in our receiving vessel. Oh, so what's, so what's trickling down here now is water and oil mixed this time? Right, and oh, so okay. after a little while, what you're gonna see is the oil floating on top of the water. Oh, all right. Right, and see, we're gonna make use of okay, that. Okay, so how do I know when I'm done here? How do I know when I've extracted all the oil that I can out of these fresh herbs? Well, what we're going to learn is that there's not a whole lot of oil in these herbs. So for practical purposes, and in the mode of Martha Stewart, I have brought with me some essential oil I have already prepared. Oh, oh okay, so I guess I don't get to do this one either, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can continue this on your own time. Sure, Jason. I will. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, it, it took pounds upon pounds of this echinacea in order to get what you see here as the small vial of essential oil. But I mean, what you got there is like not even an ounce. How much herb did you need for that? Five pounds. No way. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
Okay, all right. So I guess uh, alchemy is something for the patient among us. It is definitely for the patient among us. Okay. All right. So I was able to get this little itty bit of essential oil out of the oil water mix um, using something called an oil separator. But basically it allowed me to take advantage of the fact that oil floats on top of water. And I could separate that oil from the water and get this little vial here before you. And again, through nothing more than the process of distillation. See, so it was through the process of distillation that allowed us to further refine our spirit to understand its divine source. So too, were we able through distillation to come to understand truly our sense of self or our soul, who we really are. So now in this jar, we have the salt. Uh And in this little vial, we have the mercury of the plant that we've extracted. And in this Mm -hmm. one, we have the sulfur of the plant or the oily substance. Right. um, All of which express this plant, Echinacea, in different modes. Right. Is that correct? Yes. But they all express the same thing. Yeah. It's truly its refined essence. It is the body of Echinacea, the soul of Echinacea, and the animating spirit of Echinacea that allows the soul and the body to unite as one. All right. Which we are about to see here in the final stage known as coagulation, right? Remind us again, why did we set out to do all of this work upon our Echinacea herb? Because you had a cold? Right. And I could take capsules upon capsules of the Echinacea plant, or... I could refine that echinacea to its highest spiritual principles, and I can derive from it a spiritual elixir that will have all of the curative powers of the plant elevated to their highest divine form. I might want to add here that uh, neither of us are really doctors, so you shouldn't take (laughs) medical advice from podcasters. (laughs) No, podcasters are probably not your best source for curing ailments. This is only for informational purposes only. So, in this final stage here, you're going to take that spirit, take the alcohol. Okay. Now, All right. what we need to do is go ahead and mix in the essential oil. Oh, so you want me to dro- actually yeah, go drop ahead. the oil into the, yeah. into the spirit? Yeah, pour it in okay. there. All of it? All of it. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. Now, if we okay. were... Well, go- hand me the funnel. I, I oh, yeah. Get take the... Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I think that's it. I think mm. this. Yep. That's it. Okay. Now you see. See it's. See how quickly it dissolves. Yeah. Sh- now shake it up a little bit there. Uh, okay. Kind of mix it up and it, it kind of assists the process. Where oil would not mix in the water, here you see it mixing perfectly with our universal solvent or the mercury of the plant kingdom. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Now are you ready for something really cool? Always, Sean. <laughs> All right. Now what you're going to do, take all of these salts here. Okay. Sprinkle them in there. All right. To our elixir. Yep. Now put your ear up. Do you hear that? You hear the fizzing? Wow. Yeah, isn't that cool? Wow. Where, where, where does that come from? Well, it's as soon as those salts touch that universal solvent, it's as though they are breaking open and releasing their essence within the elixir. And so you hear that that fizzing sound. That's incredible. Yeah, so go ahead and and just mix that up there. How much do I want to add now? 
If, if we were proper laboratory scientists, we'd probably have taken measurements and, and determined the maximal uh, amount for saturation. But we're just going to mix it in, and if it reaches saturation and some falls to the bottom, well, we'll just filter that out through the process of... Separation. Separation. So we're basically just putting in the salt until it can't take anymore. Yeah. The solution just can't take anymore right. and it falls to the bottom. Yeah. Okay. It has its maximal. Yeah, I, I think that's about right. Right right here. I'm going to leave the rest here. This, this looks good to me. See, and now what we have is our final elixir that is the conjunction of all three essences of the plant. Wow. So for us, this really represents that state of unifying our true refined spirit, our connection to the one, with our true understanding of our soul, who we are as individuals, and uniting that in the material vessel of our lives or our bodies, and therefore creating what is known to some as the greater or philosopher's stone. Wow. So through this stage of coagulation, we truly have combined the heaven and the earth, right? We have now within a living individual the essence of the divine, the one flowing through. It is as though the divine has become reborn on earth, God in nature in this case. And as the Emerald Tablet tells us, thus will you obtain the glory of the whole universe, all obscurity will be clear to you. This is the greatest force of all powers because it overcomes every subtle thing and penetrates every solid thing. See, we have now overcome all of the subtle forces of nature, all of the little intricacies that give life to each of us. And through that, we are penetrating all of the solid aspects of nature and ourselves with the essence of the one. Isn't that cool? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's insane. Yeah, it's as if through this process, we truly are becoming one with the greater mind of the macrocosm. So in the process of this small alchemical experiment, we have, in a sense, perfected a small part of creation. Mm -hmm. And what's more is we've even created something on our own. Yeah. And thereby emulating the processes of nature right and not only have we emulated nature but we have emulated the creator and so we are essentially becoming co-creators in this small universe of the flask right and thereby assisting nature and within our own minds and souls the development which nature nurtures in us is very slow compared to the very rapid development that we can see and experience if we follow this pattern of nature. So, um, Jason, believe it or not, uh, I have a friend who is uh, experiencing a bit of a cold, so I think I'm going to commandeer this elixir that we've created and uh, hope my precious, <laughs> and hopefully prevent uh, the misery and torment that I had to go through. Okay, so we're going to give it away freely, yeah? And this is one of the greater aspects of alchemy, is that once you have perfected nature, you can use perfected nature to help perfect those who partake of it. Well, you know, Sean, this has really been an eye-opening experience for me, and I hope that uh, it has been an ear-opening experience for all of our <laughs> listeners. Right. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was awesome. And, you know, I'm going to do some more experimentation on my own here and see if I can reproduce what, uh, what you've uh, been hiding under the cupboard here all this time. <laughs> 
Uh, well, good luck with that. Thank you. If any of you out there wish to comment on this episode or any of our other episodes, you can do so on our website, where you will also find some show notes and uh, links to interesting articles that we've found that relate to this or any of our previous episodes. Yeah, and if you have anything more to add to anything that we've said, feel free to add a comment or two, and we will respond accordingly. Join us again next time. Thanks for listening. Visit our website at www.chasinghermes.com or send us an email at info at To inquire about the Western mystery tradition, please visit www.western-mysteries.com. <laughs>